welcome back to The Curious Clinicians, a medical podcast that asks why. I'm Hannah Abrams, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Avi Cooper and Tony Brew. Hey, guys. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Avi. Hello, hello. All right. So today we are going to talk about why patients who get high doses of albuterol, typically during severe asthma exacerbations, can develop lactic acidosis. So Avi, this already is giving me some beta-1 agonism to think about, but (laughs) why did the topic come up for you? Yeah, you know, I wanted to talk about it because in my day job, I'm a pulmonologist and I actually have a focus in asthma. It's a lot of the patients I see. And I just feel like we don't have enough pulmonary topics uh, on the show. So (laughs) So we're talking about lactic acidosis. This isn't going to turn into a sepsis talk. (laughs) Well, so the real reason is I I wanted to learn more about it because I found it really puzzling. And I've seen this happen in patients who are getting better in every other way. Their bronchospasm is improving. They're less tachypnic. They're less wheezy. And then like, boom. Their serum bicarb drops, their anion cap rises, and they've got a lactic acidosis. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, and and I I feel like um, we don't talk about it very often, and it it's probably because like we see it, and then we're like, uh, and then we just ignore it and <laughs> we move on. But I I I suspect that this has been an observation that's been around for oh, like I don't know sometime. When was it first described? So earlier than I had thought, it was actually back in the early 80s, and there was a case report that it didn't involve albuterol or asthma, um, but it was involving a beta agonist called terbutaline, which was being used as a tocolytic in six women who were in preterm labor. And it was observed that you know their serum lactate levels rose within hours of receiving and getting the terbutaline. And because there was this proximity to the doses of the drug and then this emergence of a lactic acidosis... It was sort of presumed that, hey, terbutaline probably did this. The authors actually kind of had an incorrect hypothesis that drug-induced hyperglycemia and hyperinsulinemia was like somehow the cause. I think they were kind of waving their hands, but they certainly get credit for noticing this back in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> but, um, but that was the first observation. Okay. So what about an asthma? So it took a few years later, 1985, there was a case report in the New England Journal, and it was one patient. And wow. they presented in uh, status asthmaticus. And what happened was was she got tons of of beta agonist up front, and she eventually got better. But she had this acidosis that was initially respiratory on presentation and persisted, and then kind of became metabolic. Her lactate level was seven, and they stopped her beta agonist, and the lactate level kind of quickly normalized. Hmm. And They had assumed that it was from muscular exertion from her work of breathing and diaphragmatic exertion, which was the cause. And there may be some merit to that, but it really seemed that it was tied to the beta agonist therapy that was the problem because they stopped the drug and the lactate normalized. So they thought like her diaphragm was working so hard, exercising so hard that it had like undergone enough anaerobic metabolism that it produced a lactate of seven. That was kind of like the way they were explaining it. So I, I think that they, I'd have to go back to the original article, but I think that that was kind of the working hypothesis at the time. Right, right. But this was really, this seemed to really tie it to the drug. Yeah, because it seemed like, you know, you stop the drug and it gets better and it could just be a coincidence, but that certainly is suggestive. So I as- assume that in order for us to understand the mechanism that's going on here, we're going to have to review um, lactate production. Is that right? You're just trying to get us to talk about the Krebs cycle again. <laughs> 
Do I have a vote for glycolysis? <laughs> yeah, we can avoid. Yeah, we can avoid the Krebs cycle altogether. Let's just talk about glycolysis All instead. Right. You know, I I successfully forgot this after biochemistry, <laughs> um, but uh, let's but let's say it really basic and broad. But we do have to talk about glycolysis, and so the outcome of glycolysis is pyruvate, and normally that's converted to ATP via the Krebs cycle, and but. It, <laughs> In, in an alternate pathway, it can also be converted to lactate by an enzyme called lactate dehydrogenase. And this typically occurs under two, maybe three potential circumstances. The main ones being either pyruvate overproduction, meaning you make too much pyruvate and that becomes lactate, or there's an impairment of cellular metabolism. So the pyruvate that is made can't be converted via the normal ways via the Krebs cycle. And I know, Tony, you kind of brought up a, a, third, a third way as well, right? Yeah, the, the enzyme, the lactate dehydrogenase that converts the pyruvate to uh, to lactate uses NADH as a, um, a either a coenzyme or a cofactor. And so anything that increases the in- amount of NADH might also prompt a shift towards lactate production. And so the one that I see all the time is patients who are metabolizing alcohol. When you metabolize alcohol, you generate a lot of NADH. So it's not uncommon for patients who are presenting with um, you know, alcohol withdrawal or alcoholic ketoacidosis, ketoacidosis to also have a lactic acidosis at the same time. Yeah. All right. So other than that cause of lactic acidosis, the two that we're thinking about right now is either making too much pyruvate or not metabolizing it. So which one is kind of at play with albuterol? Both. <laughs> of course. Yay. Make, it, make it simple. Yeah, we're going to hedge our bets here and say both. So pyruvate overproduction seems to be the main culprit, but we'll see albuterol may have some indirect effects on cellular metabolism and affect lactate levels that way. But let's first focus on pyruvate production because that's probably the main mechanism. So beta adrenergic signaling can increase pyruvate production. And when this occurs in tissues like muscle and liver, glycogen is stimulated to mobilize to glucose. This increases the glucose inside the cell, which is a fuel for glycolysis. And as we reviewed, more, more glycolysis means more pyruvate production. So, you know, of course, most of that pyruvate is still going to enter the Krebs cycle. That's where it goes. But some of the excess pyruvate is going to be left over, and that can get converted to lactate. So when albuterol gets absorbed systemically, when it's given at really high doses for prolonged periods, um, even in nebulized forms or, or via an inhaler, it can still get absorbed systemically. Those beta receptors get stimulated on cells and create lactate. And so that actually also explains why epinephrine can increase serum lactate as well, or really from any kind of catam- catecholaminergic signaling. And I, I'm assuming this is part of a fight or flight response that helps generate additional ATP during times of stress when you're making a lot of catecholamines, but I don't think that's proven, but I'm assuming that that's, it's part of the fight or flight response. Yeah. You know, on this issue of epinephrine, I actually saw a patient um, a while back who had a FIO. And one of the things that was interesting about their case was that they had a, a, a lactic acidosis and it was felt to be from exactly what you just said, where they just, they had all this excess epinephrine that was leading to, you know, glycogenolysis, excess glycolysis and all, you know, basically the exact mechanism that you just described. Oh my God. Yeah. You can beta <laughs> that if I had a, had a patient who was just intermittently becoming super hypertensive and spiking a lactate of five, I would be extremely concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But you also said that 
we're going to talk about the cellular metabolism piece and you know, not just the pyruvate overproduction. Um, so what's going on there? Yeah. So it probably does affect cellular metabolism in some way, though, in more of an indirect way than the pyruvate kind of overproduction that we talked about. So remember that pyruvate dehydrogenase is sort of the gatekeeper in terms of whether pyruvate will go into the Krebs cycle by converting it into acetyl-CoA. So any pyruvate that undergoes that conversion won't become lactate. And so it turns out that pyruvate dehydrogenase is regulated by the presence of free fatty acids, which are alternate oxidative fuel sources for mitochondria, especially during times of stress. And so free fatty acids phosphorylate pyruvate dehydrogenase and inhibit its function. So more free fatty acids around, the less that pyruvate will enter the Krebs cycle and will instead become be converted to lactate. More free fatty acids, more lactate. Hmm. Okay. So mostly we think it's probably the sympathetic tone increasing our production of pyruvate, but there might be some question that the free fatty acids that have been broken down uh, and that are kind of floating around are shunting some of the pyruvate away from the Krebs cycle and instead being converted into lactate. Yes. So where does albuterol come in to that part? So it turns out that beta agonists like albuterol actually increase plasma-free fatty acid levels by inducing lipolysis at the level of fat. So increased fatty acids from albuterol inhibits pyruvate dehydrogenase, which increases pyruvate availability in cells. And then you have excess pyruvate that gets converted to lactate. So, you know, I'd say this is a little bit, you know, this is definitely more indirect, but it probably plays some role in why more, more pyruvate is becoming lactate after albuterol. This would hold for, again, like just high epinephrine states too. Is that, is that right? Not just, you know, giving a beta-2 agonist, but again, again, the example I gave a minute ago was like a feel. I think anything that's going to stimulate beta-2, again, and this is, I think, again, part of that fight or flight stress response, free fatty acids are metabolic fuel for mitochondria. Um, and so I think anything that, like you said, that is going to stimulate beta-2 um, is going to induce lipolysis. That's so cool. Um, all right. And mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So anything else you learned about this topic, Javi? So this, this part I, I was kind of really fascinated by, you know, it turns out that cortic the corticosteroids that we give during asthma exacerbations, um, you know, obviously including the most you know, severe ones where albuterol-induced lactic acidosis is going to occur, it actually may make this result of kind of iatrogenic lactic acidosis more likely to occur because steroids increase the number of beta receptors in tissues, including in the lungs. So this probably potentiates the effects of beta agonists like albuterol as bronchodilators. And while, you know, this isn't proved, it may make albuterol more likely to cause lactic acidosis if the cells are generating, you know, are upregulating beta-2 um, receptors and, you know, increasing the ability for albuterol to stimulate them. So again, I don't think this is the first or second mechanism by which um, it's happening, but the corticosteroids we give may be playing some role and predisposing for it happening. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. I have to keep this in my brain uh, the next time that I see a big lactic acidosis in a patient who's gotten a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of nebs or a, a bunch of albuterol. The other kind of funny thing that you had mentioned the other day was the 
sort of in terms of interesting side effects of bronchodilators is ipratropium causing pupillary dilation. Yeah. I mean, just like lactic acidosis, I think it can scare people when you see it. You're like, is this person having a stroke or something? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> why Why do they have this dilated pupil? And yeah, I mean, ipratropium and the, its anticholinergic effects, it, you know, it can dilate the pupil. So bronchodilators can do some funky things for sure. <laughs> To be remembered in the midst of in the midst of uh, of rapid moments. Okay, so Avi, can you give us some take home points to remember? So besides this, the, these like zingers that interns can kind of bring out on rounds and impress the residents and attendings about the effects of bronchodilators, <laughs> or calm their own like beta adrenergic response to <laughs> lactic acidosis and or dilated pupils in the uh, emergent setting. So yeah, so my take-home points would be albuterol and other short-acting beta agonists can induce lactic acidosis by increasing glycolysis and thereby uh, increasing pyruvate availability. So this excess pyruvate is converted to lactate. Albuterol also increases serum free fatty acid levels, and free fatty acids block pyruvate dehydrogenase from breaking down pyruvate, which further increases pyruvate levels in cells. Um, And steroids increase beta receptor expression on cell surfaces. So that may enhance albuterol's ability to generate um, a lactic acidosis. And I think the thing to remember too is this is really an iatrogenic phenomenon. This is something that we are doing to patients. We're trying to make them better by giving them lots of albuterol. Um, But uh, sometimes we can maybe give them too much and they can get a lactic acidosis. And so I think it's important to remember. It kind of reminds me a little bit too of like with diabetic ketoacidosis and you know, the anion gap acidosis that then becomes an iatrogenic hyperchloremic right. non-ion gap metabolic acidosis, you know, same thing. That's purely iatrogenic. We did that to them. And so I think that's important to kind of remember as we're tailoring our therapy, especially if the person's getting lots and lots of albuterol and the bicarbonate is going down, like this is probably happening and you should back off on the albuterol. I mean, what I really like about this topic is it, it's a, it's a, it kind of highlights the fact that if you understand these mechanisms then you can look at that lactate that's, you know, three, four, five, and not say, oh my gosh, my patient's getting sicker. Oh my gosh, my patient has sepsis, but instead understand why it's there. Um, and I, I, that's, I, to my mind, I think that's very empowering for people who would otherwise get very, very concerned if they saw that. I mean, we could argue about whether or not they should have gotten the lactate in the first place, but <laughs> that being said, if the it lactate is, is true, there, yeah. then yeah. it's like, okay, I, ha- I, have a, I have an explanation that actually makes sense for this patient. And it's immediately reversible. That's yeah. the nice thing too. Yeah. Like you just, you just back off and it'll go away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does beg the question, like if you're, if you're having to give that much uh, beta agonist as, so as to cause a lactic acidosis, like, gosh, that patient must not be doing so hot though, right? To some, at least to some extent. Yeah, I mean, I think, or they just need less albuterol. <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> well, this this is why you need to do more more poem topics on the on the podcast, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that uh, wraps up this episode of the Curious Clinicians. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, as a reminder, you can join our mailing list at curiousclinicians.com to stay up to date on episode releases and have a detailed show notes delivered directly to your inbox. We are excited to partner with VCU Health to offer CME and MOC credits for physicians and other healthcare professionals just for listening to this episode. For more information, visit ce.vcuhealth.org slash curiousclinicians. And as always, the information contained in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Until next time, we've been the Curious Clinicians.